0: So good evening, everyone. Thank you for coming. We will continue with the with the Bhagavat of Srila Jiva Goswami. We are on the seventy ninth Anucheda. Uh, we're in the middle of one very, very large Anucheda. Jiva Goswami, the Anucheda basically takes in the spiritual revelation. Um, of the Kumars when they went to Vaikuntha when they experienced the Lord it was unique for them because they were Brahmavadis. They were their conception of the Lord uh, uh, was was Brahman so it was quite an experience for them and that's what Jiva is putting forth in this Anucheta here again in order to emphasize that even though this non-dual absolute but vidas non-dual absolute can be approached differently by different worshipers this is the way the verse is translated um, brahmeti, paramatmaiti bhagavaniti, Subjuta. when we look to the Brahman conception in comparison with the Bhagavan conception there's a world of difference and the world of difference is concentrated in spiritual enjoyment premananda so we left off we went over the 10th uh, Anucheta. So, right in, right after the revelation, of course, the Kumaras offer a prayer, offer some prayers. Uh, out of praise for Krishna, for one, and out of two, to kind of cover their themselves. After they'd experienced and saw firsthand the loving exchange between the Lord and his eternal associates, the way they served him, the way he came running when, when they were in distress, the two gatekeepers on his own feet with Lakshmi, and then He saw the, they saw this exchange of love between the Lord and his devotees, and they, they came to the revelation, this is where it's at. This Brabant conception is good but it's nothing compared to this and then they they had first-hand experience of just a a, a glimmer of that enjoyment they smelt the tulsi from the from the feet of the lord you know and they saw his form and they heard his voice and mm-hmm. they were just overwhelmed and they realized we're not on the same level of loving devotion as these eternal associates. And these two gatekeepers are on that level. And we've offended them by cursing them. Of course, we've been inspired to do that, and that's going to come out a little later in this out of But um, something uncharacteristic of somebody, somebody that's uh, Brahman realized to to actually become upset or angry because their uh, sentiment is is actually looked upon as anger. So now they're they've they've come through the the, the experience. They've had their their revelation. They've They've tasted the sweetness of the Lord's personal association and now they, well, in the earlier verse they became, what is it, they couldn't become satiated. They could not, uh, they couldn't get enough of it. They wanted to make sure that they wouldn't be separated from this conception ever again. They didn't want to fall back to the Brahman platform of revelation. So there was a little apprehension on their part, and they they presented these prayers to the Lord. Uh, it starts like this. The Kamar sang, O unlimited Lord Ananta, although you are situated in the hearts of those who misconstrue the self like we did, You remain invisible. You're there, but we couldn't see you, not in the form we saw you now. (laughs) But now you have come directly before our eyes. For you entered the core of our hearts through the ears when our Father, who was born of you, described to us your mysteries. They realized the seed for this whole revelation was planted long ago when Brahma instructed them as his sons in transcendence. Now he instructed them in jnana, in, in in you know revelation through knowledge. Um, but still he was a bhakta and the seeds of bhakti were there. So why did he instruct again? Well, because they're the teachers of transcendentalism. That would that will come out a little bit more also as we get further into the Anacheda. What's going to come out, Jiva's really trying to get across Mukti up. Prior to the time of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Mukti was the... Mm -hmm. Yes, the Prayogin. Absolutely. It's this this kind of loving... You know, this... You know, liberation was there, but the majority of transcendentalists, you know, did not know of the higher levels of, of intimate loving exchange with the Lord. It was there all along. It's there in the scripture, but it took Lord Chaitanya to to bring it to the forefront. So the Kamaras continue. O Lord, through this form of yours, constituted of unalloyed being, sattva, you are at present inducing love in these devotees. We know you in this very form to be the Supreme Truth of the Self Atmatatva. Our conception is Atmatatva, the Truth of the Self. And we're we have had a revelation of your personal form but this revelation that we have had is non-different from our realization in Brahman. It's just condensed. But it's the same spiritual substance is basically what they're saying. We know you in this very form to be the supreme truth of the self, Atmatatpa, which great sages realize within their hearts after cutting asunder the knots of ego and becoming free from material attachment, through firm devotional service, understood through mercy, Anutapa. I don't believe we went through this yet. Maybe we've begun on this. The Lord could raise an objection. Well, you're seeing a personal, my personal form. By the mystery of your of your father, but the mystery that your father instructed you in, and which is known as the truth of the self, Atma Tattva, is invisible. You've just said it's invisible. You were in our heart all along. This form was not part of our revelation of Atma Tattva, being Brahmavadis. Since I am visible, I must be something different. Yeah. So he's arguing. Of course, this is Jiva bringing up an argument on behalf of Krishna. The Kamar's reply. Again, the dialogue, the inner dialogue that is is being brought forward by Jiva Goswami. That is not so for by reconciling recognizing you any idea we had that you are different from brahman has been eliminated it's not a, it's not a fact the fact that you've displayed you've manifested a form before us your forearmed form is here standing before us we're seeing we're experiencing this but it's not different. It is no, there is no difference there than our revelation of Atma Tattva. For by recognizing you, any idea we had that you are different from Brahman has been eliminated. To this end, they speak this verse, O Supreme Lord, we know you, which is to say we recognize you as the supreme or exclusive truth of the self the very embodiment, Swarup, of Brahman. So this, this brings to mind the fact that the Acharya, someone of the caliber of Jiva Goswami, he, Vishwanath Chakravarti, others, they can write a dialogue. The Lord is having a dialogue. Sanatana Goswami can write a whole, a whole pastime of Gopakumar, and you'd and I just recently reread an article by Bhakti Rakshak Dev Goswami. You, you saw that. I, well, he's saying someone asked him a question. Yes. yes, that, and he's saying that the the revelation it's an ongoing revelation, and the current Acharya can put forth, you know, more and more revelation. Uh, and it's more significant to the, to the current, the contemporary spiritual practitioners than the revelations of before. Because they're in contemporary society... And they're able to frame things in the best way to get the message across. So I wrote to Guru Maharaj and I said, well, that's all well and good. But I'm sure people could come forth with an argument. Well, Prabhupada said that you fell for Vaikutta. That's a more recent revelation he's giving. So you have to accept that. <laughs> and he pointed me to a, a an exchange on Facebook that he had within the last couple months, I think it was in October. I wasn't aware of it, with Gorakeshava, between he and Gorakeshava, because this very subject came up. It was a huge discussion, right? Was it the, wasn't the one on the disciples' conference? I don't know. I think it was a private one on Gorakeshava's oh. line. Okay. And he said that he'd answered it there. So I read that dialogue. And he just brought, you know, he brought home what Bhakti rakshak Suradev Goswami said in his article. Just, you can't. It has to, it's still everything reconciles. All the pieces still fit together. It's not that you throw out the old Siddhanta. It's not that the Siddhanta or the Tatvas change in any way. That, that isn't what's going on here. What we're having is a deeper revelation. So we can see here, when we hear an Acharya, when we read an Acharya, speak on behalf of the Supreme Lord. Open up a dialogue in the Shastra, in his commentary, to bring forth the meaning to a level that, that is easily comprehended by us. We need to see it in the proper light, and it's more relevant for us. And it is. You could see this is more relevant to hear these, to have this brought out. It really brings the meaning. How much meaning we've just gleaned from this one pastime in the last few classes of of the Khmer, you know what the Kamars experienced, and what the significance of this leela was in being presented as part of the Bhagavat. How much deeper is there? So Jiva's milked it for, you know, and there's there's a hundred, other, hundred, a thousand, a million other meanings from the same Leela that can be brought out by the Acharyas as evidenced by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's presentation of the Atmarama verse. So, a question could be raised by Krishna, well, how did you recognize me as the Supreme Brahman? Answer, through this manifestation of unalloyed beings, sattva, or in other words, through the manifestation of this very form constituted of sattva. That is present before us at this exact moment. In other words, for all this time we did not know you but now we have come to know you clearly through direct experience we there's we we know brahman and now we've experienced you and that's our evidence there is no distinction you are that brahman but it's condensed and It's within the realm of transcendence. There's nothing about your form that's not transcendence. There's no influence of the modes of material nature. There's nothing in what we have experienced to to make us think in any way that that this is not Sudha All transcendent. Not mixed sattva, not sattva of material nature. And there is sattva of material nature, but there's always a little mixture there. You cannot have pure sattva within the Lord's external energy. The sense is that the Kamars recognized the Lord because he himself manifested himself before them through his internal potency and not because he can be seen by the eyes. So there's more to it than, than just a sense perception of a form. And that also is going to be milked for a little deeper meaning as we go forward here. They further state, not only do we recognize you, but we also perceive that you are inducing love in these devotees, or more precisely, in us. Otherwise, love for you would never have been awakened in us. For Brahmavadis, we, there's no... How, how can you love something that has no distinctions, no form, no shape. It's just the all-encompassing. cosmic love. The Kumars, this is, Jiva Goswami continues now in his Anocheida. The Kumars address the Lord as the truth of the self, Atma Tattva, indicating that not only they, but other Atmaramas, besides themselves, also have no attraction for anything else other than Atma the truth of the self, since they are free of material ego and pride. Nevertheless, they also state that this tattva appears in a distinct way according to the particular practice sadhana one follows. So now they're getting, they're starting to see, they've experienced firsthand by observation the loving exchange between this form of the Lord, which is like the form of Garbhodakshae Vishnu within the material universe, came out earlier, and and these devotees, the ones that are coming with the umbrella, the ones that are coming with the whisks, the the gatekeepers themselves, Garuda is there, So the Lord's, he's surrounded by all these devotees and they're seeing he's manifested this, he's manifested in this way according to their love for him in that particular way. The atma that appears as your personal form can be known only by staunch devotional service, Drida Bhakti Yoga, which is understood by Anutapa alone, which here means by your mercy. Alternately, alternatively the word anutapa can be understood as humility which would then mean that your devotee devotion is known through humility well then the lord could put forth well what kind of people know me you're saying these devotees around me know me what what distinguishes them as a knower of me is what Jesus putting forth on Krishna's behalf, it is not with The Kamara's answer, Those who have cut asunder the knots of their hearts, or in other words, those devoid of material ego and pride, and who are thus free from material attachment. As such, the word Raha, mystery, in the phrase from the previous verse, the mysteries described by our Father, implies loving devotion as it also does in the context of the four seed verses of Srimad Bhagavatam. So the Kumaras have said, we recognize you as our supreme truth. No distinction there. But there's more to you than meets the eye. And there's more to you in the loving exchange. And in this, you'll see as they go forward here, they want to make sure that they're not left out of this equation going forward in their existence. They don't want to fall back to a conception of the supreme absolute truth that's devoid of this reality that they just experienced. Because why? The form, it induces love. They've experienced love. I want to know what love is. Well, now they know. They've experienced And their former transcendent revelation in Brahman did not give them that experience. So they not only experienced it themselves, but they also observed it by observing the loving exchange between the Lord and his servants. They couldn't... What was going on there could not escape their observation. The way the Lord was being served by his devotees. The way the Lord cared for his gatekeepers. The whole scene, you can imagine the love that's felt in the environment of even, well, not even, but, you know, comparatively even. We have a conception that's—I mean, Lord Chaitanya has introduced a conception that—that—that that, um, that one one would think is superior, but it's all in transcendence. So the conception of, you know, Krishna and Raj is is our priyojan according to our acharyas but these devotees also are experiencing their prayaoja. And all this, all the details of this are fully hashed out by Sanatana Goswami in the Brihat Bhagavatamrita, beginning with the second part. Well, there has to, Utara says, there has to be A difference in the environments, the loving environments. There just has to be. I can't believe there isn't. Please, you've got to let me know. Because there's different devotees have different loving relationships with the Lord. Now the Kamars get to the heart of the matter in their earnest prayers. O Lord, those who have taken shelter of your feet, who are skillful in narrating your stories, and who relish the aesthetic beauty of such topics, which are worthy of recitation and capable of transporting us across the ocean of samsara, do not regard even ultimate liberation as your mercy what to speak of any other, any other rewards, all of which are rendered fearful by the mere raising of your eyebrows. Jiva Goswami goes on in his Anucheda, Although the Kamars had previously adopted the doctrine of absolute non-distinction, that was their their revelation. Absolute non-distinction. Spiritual spiritual substance. The the tattva, the the reality of spirituality, the reality of transcendence is there is no distinction. And also known as radical non-dualism. This terminology has been used earlier by uh, Sachin Narayan uh, Das in his presentation. Although the Kamars had previously adopted the doctrine of absolute non-distinction, they had not become aware of transcendental varieties within the absolute, manifested by the actions of the internal potency of bliss. They'd never experienced that before today. Coming to the gate, and wanting to see the Lord, but now it's—they can see it's—it's it's still within Brahman, but there's distinction here. And where's what's the distinction coming from? It's coming from loving exchange. That's what's—that's what's creating this distinctiveness the distinctiveness in the form of the Lord, the distinctiveness in the nature of the devotees and the way they're serving that form of the Lord, the distinctiveness of the environment in which they're serving the Lord, the vaikunta, the atmosphere. So in this verse, they glorified the abundance of bliss felt by devotees in doing so, their intention is to pray for the boon of devotional service alone, which accommodates distinction within the non- dual unity. We can still have we can have our Brahman, and we can have the tastiness of a loving, blissful relationship with that Brahman. Brahman takes on a personality according to how he's being worshipped. He takes on an environment. The environment is created according to how that reciprocation plays out. And the exchanges themselves, the Leela, are personally arranged by the Lord's devotees by his internal potency, Yogamaya, according to that love and that environment. The whole thing is, is, it becomes a reality for those devotees. Either a reality with recognition of the Lord as the Lord, or with the Lord independent, what is it? Sans, it's, uh, there's They don't know he's God. So it plays out both ways. The devotees do not consider even the ultimate achyantika, namely liberation, as the Lord's mercy. What to speak of anything else, such as the post of Lord Indra. So is just making the point here that and he's going to, in a couple anachodes, start pounding the point. So we said he likes to pound the post. He likes to, to really, and as he goes on near the end of this anachoda, after the prayer, he just he he just, it's like I'm trying to take notes. It's like he just he uses everything in the playbook. To make sure that we don't that the reader that the, the student of his Sundarvas does not come away in at all with even the faintest of width of the fact that there could be any enjoyment in the Brahman conception of the Absolute. Kapila says also similarly that without devotional service, pure devotees do not accept any kind of liberation, Salokya, Sarsti, Samipya, Sarupya, or a Katva, even if offered by the Lord, Supreme Lord Himself. In other words, they won't enter into the lo- a loving... Ex- they won't do service or accept any of these kinds of liberation which is the goal of most transcendentalists to have all the opulence of God to, have, to live on the same planet as God to have the same form as God they won't accept any of that if there's no loving service involved they have no interest in it at all the Kamars continue and now they get to the point if we have committed offense, we will gladly accept birth in any hell because of our sins. These are Prabhavadis. They can't commit a sin. It's not... Once you reach their level of transcendent realization, there's no question of sin. But still, they're thinking, we... Although we have never committed a sin and we're free of sin, now we've committed all the sins by offending a Vaishnav. This is the consciousness that they have and this is what's coming out in this prayer. We will gladly accept birth in any hell because of our sins. If only our minds can take pleasure like bees in your lotus feet. In our words, if our words may beautify your feet like tulsi, and if our ears be filled with the glorification of your virtues, so it's it's very pleasing the way they are presenting this prayer, especially in light of their revelation. The, the scent of tulsi from the Lord's feet, that we we want, you know, uh, we want to be like bees and just and just have that. And if it's independent, if it if it has any tinge of our, our personal bliss, we're not interested in personal bliss. We're interested in tasting the sweetness. Of you. Jiva goes forward. Next the Kamara speak. He's talking about this prayer we just read. Of their offense and pray for devotion. O Lord, prior to this we had never committed any sin. And now we have committed them all because we have cursed your two devotees. Therefore, let us be born in hell for these sins. Brahma Sutra states, Jiva says, upon awakening to knowledge of the absolute, sins performed in the present life do not cling to one, and those committed in the past are completely destroyed. This is declared in the Upanishads. According to the principle, sin is impossible for Brahman realized beings, even if they may be devoid of devotion to the Lord. And yet the Kamars ask for forgiveness from enormous sins that would dis- consign them to hell for a long time. The points, this points to the most astonishing glories of the Lord and the Kamars, as expressed in the Atmarama verse, that, quote, all varieties of Atmaramas, especially those established on the path of self-realization, though freed from all kinds of material bondage, desire to render unalloyed devotional service unto the Supreme Lord. Indeed, such are the transcendental qualities of the Lord that he can attract everyone, included liberated beings. Jiva goes on, So the Kamaras prayed with great emotion in their voices, Alas, let us glide down to hell, though even that punishment is insufficient. Moreover, we have not the least bit of fear of it. The root cause and end result of suffering in hell is aversion to the Supreme Person. Kindly let us not become non-devotees. If our minds should take pleasure in your lotus feet, may it only be with the intent of tasting their sweetness as a bee tastes honey, and not with the intent of experiencing the bliss of the self, as Brahman, may the same apply to our speech, and so on. So they're really, they're really pouring out their heart here. too. as Jiva, Jiva is expanding upon, you know, their inter sentiments, as expressed in the prayer. There's a nice verse quoted in this regard in the Brahma Samhita, not the Brahma Samhita, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, attributed to a Brahma Jnani like the Kumars are. Brahma means fully transcendent knowledge of Brahman and Jnani, somebody that knows it inside and out. I mean, the the Kumars are the instructors in transcendental knowledge within the universe. We were revered by the adherents of the path of monism. Everybody looked up to us. This is not written by the Kamars. This is just a quote, not a tribute to anybody, but one that Srila Rupa Goswami included in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu and had been placed on the throne of the joy of impersonal realization. So there was some, some recognition of our, our knowledge and our realization in transcendence, although that realization always only extended to the level of brahman. Yet we were forcibly transformed into maidservants by some cheater, that roguish lover of the gopis. <laughs> The Kamars preferred to be in hell as devotees than in Vaikuntha as offenders. It also implies that they would have preferred to be in hell where they would never commit offenses to devotees, thus safeguarding their devotion. In other words, let me stay in hell because there won't be any devotees there so I can't offend the devotee and I can still maintain my devotional, my devotional... I mean, that's a pretty pretty deep uh, <laughs> uh, re- realization. I'm willing to go to hell forever just to make sure I never offend a devotee again. And if you look at the Kamars, they're new devotees now. Of course, like Sukadeva Goswami, they were already realized, so they had no material. They immediately could go to the to the platform of of having a a, a, a stai bhav and a, a relationship with the supreme lord and experience, you know, uh, Bhakti Ras from the very from the very beginning, and have vibhachari bhavs and have those things rise up and, and the... Vishwanath says that the first implication in implication of the Kamars prayer is that their ears should be filled completely with the Lord's qualities. One can go on hearing about the qualities of the Lord and never be satiated. This is the underlying implication of this prayer. In other words, what need is there for liberation? For one who has actually come to the platform of, of budding Love for the Supreme Lord. There's no necessity to, to go anywhere else. There's no necessity for any of the any kinds of liberation. There's if we can, if you can just keep hearing that taste that sweetness, like a bee, you'll be there continually drinking the nectar of the Lord's pastimes. You'll always be satisfied. And that's the position of Krishna's pure devotees. And that's what's being desired by the Kamars. O Lord of Unlimited Glories, this is the Kamars' prayers continuing. You have manifested this charming form before us, and our eyes have achieved much bliss by seeing it. This form, O Lord, rarely appears to those devoid of awareness of the true self. We offer our humble obeisances unto you. So that ends the prayers of the Kamars. Wish not mentions here, The Kamars sang this verse to express their amazement upon attaining such perfection. We were not expecting this. This is this is way, way more than we expected to go through. We were just coming up to see Vaikuntha and we heard there was a condensed uh, form of, of Brahman that one could experience but this this is completely which well, placed our whole spiritual outlook it's just turned it upside down. I mean, you can imagine that everything that they everything that they conceived of when it came to transcendence, and these were expert they were expert at it, they were expert at not being in any way attracted by the external potency of being completely self-satisfied satisfied in the self the kamar sang this verse to express their amazement upon attaining such perfection you remain concealed to those devoid of awareness of the true self anatmanam or in other words you are devoid of unalloyed devotion who are devoid of unalloyed devotion to you the true self and yet you have become visible to our eyes we offer our obeisances we didn't do anything to deserve this. You've become visible to us. What did we do? Now there was a hint, but they didn't do anything, did they? They heard from Brahma, and something was planted, and that gradually took root and fructified. Final verse of the prayers was what we just read. So we'll continue, and hopefully we'll try to end the 79th Anucheta. There's three more parts, but as I said, Jiva does some pounding of the post to, to make sure that we have no misconceptions. But we've already heard a lot of these points, so I may just summarize them in the next class so we can move forward. Do you have any questions or comments? Thank you so much for your association.